you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And this is NFL Inside Report. Brady's pass, it's intercepted and returned for a touchdown by Logan Ryan, the former Patriots. The last pass Tom Brady threw at Gillette Stadium ended his Patriots career. The next pass he throws there will be the most anticipated in the stadium's history. I think that there are already some inherent inherent advantages to Tom for coming back here. As he mentioned, like, I know everything. I know what it's going to smell like. I know what it's going to taste like, like the whole nine yards. Mike Giardi takes us inside the most hyped homecoming in NFL history. Plus, out of tragedy, triumph in Tampa Bay. So he goes to the place that that he loves, that brings him peace, and he, he kind of dives hard and deep into the into the horse world we go inside the nfl 360 feature on devin white that takes you behind the all pro facade and into the sadness that shaped his now unshakable smile but we begin with one of his teammates unique homecoming in foxborough you know being down here and experiencing it with this group of guys is um, every year is amazing and this team is world champions forever you can't take it away from us After throwing for more than 74,000 yards and 541 touchdowns in New England, leading the Patriots to 219 wins and six Super Bowl titles, Tom Brady was ready to move on. And he did. To Tampa Bay in free agency, winning a seventh Super Bowl in year one with the Bucs, while the Patriots failed to make the playoffs without him. Adding more fuel to the who's most responsible for the Patriots dynasty fire Brady or Belichick. And how does this game factor in that debate? Mike Giardi joins us once again. Okay, Mike, busy man this week, most anticipated NFL regular season game that I can remember. Uh, I'm sure it's up there for you as well. And I'm just kind of curious, like when Tom Brady emerges from the tunnel in warmups, 
stadium operator going to give him a little love and show him a little Jay-Z PSA when he comes out or what? What do you think? That's a great question. I'm expecting that not to be the case. I think that there are already some inherent inherent advantages to Tom for coming back here. As he mentioned, like, I know everything. I know what it's going to smell like. I know what it's going to taste like, like the whole nine yards. I know that locker room. I know that home locker room. I know that home tunnel. I know, you know, which way the wind blows. I know everything about that. I know the way it smells. I know what a night game's like. I know what the fans are going to sound like. He's already saying he knows what the Patriots are going to try to do to him. I don't think they're going to try to make it comfortable for him. In fact, I've heard some people suggest maybe they should tell him, we're going to retire your number right now. <laughs> you know, like try to get him off his game as best as possible. Right. I, I, I don't uh, I, I don't think they're going to be going out of their way, though, to to make it comfortable for him. You know, I, I have been kind of wondering, like my wife and I, you know, we, we obviously both worked in, in Boston for five years and we're just kind of talking about this, um, you know, in these last couple of days, like what is the reaction truly going to be like at Gillette Stadium? I envision it kind of Mike. do you, have you watched some of those Brady commercials lately where like he's making calls um, to, to people and he's like, and the guy from Boston answers is like, we wouldn't take you back even if you wanted to come. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, you would. And they're like, yeah, we would. <laughs> so, like, is it, is it, you feel like it'll be like 50 50 or what do you think? Nah, I don't even think it's going to be 50 50. I think it's going to be a majority pregame, at least, of yeah. a celebration of him. I think, you know, look, based on what's happened over the, the 19 games since he's left, the Patriots are 8 and 11, if my math is correct. Um, they miss him. Yeah. And they understand how blessed they were to have him for two decades and to be in nine Super Bowls and to win six Super Bowls. So I think prior to, I think he's going to get a lot of love. I could also see him getting a lot of love late, Rhett, if this game turns out to be a one-sided whooping, which, look, the way the Patriots are playing right now, I think there's got to be some concern that they're not quite ready for this moment, that they may be down the line, but maybe not yet as of this point in the season. I am kind of fascinated what you teased there for a second about Brady already hinting that he knows everything, not just about what it means to play at Gillette Stadium and in Foxborough, but literally like what Bill and Gerard Mayo and the younger Belichicks will do to him on defense. Like, can we overst- are we o- can we overstate that or under underestimate what that really means for Tom? Yeah, I mean, look, I think when when you when you saw this matchup come up on the schedule, you said, well, uh, Belichick's going to craft this crazy plan. He's going to throw some stuff at Tom that Tom hasn't seen. And Tom knows the scouting report on him. I know what this team's all about. I've sat in that meeting room. I've heard the scouting reports. I know exactly um, what they're going to you know, attempt to do to us. And I know it's going to be a challenge for our team. He knows what they've told him that he wasn't good at when he was here or things that he needed to work on. So he's got to understand like, Hey, they're going to still try to push those buttons on me. I guess the one thing, and I I mentioned like trying to make Tom feel uncomfortable. It's not just about a pocket thing. I think they want to throw him off. And I think we've seen times in Tom's career when he was here in Tampa, sometimes when Tom gets a little too emotional He's too amped up and balls start flying into the first row of the stands early in games. Mm. And I think they'd like to make that last as long as they possibly could, right? With this guy, because eventually he does tend to figure it out, um, at least most of the time, right? So I think sure. th- that part of it is, is interesting to me. The chess match, like, well, they know that I know that they know, like, how, how far can you keep going back and forth on that? 
What do you make of the comments that Bill Belichick has made, or I guess relative lack thereof, about the way that Tom's departure unfolded? Essentially saying that Tampa was just a better fit? Is that his way of just trying to shut it down? Or Yeah, I think it was a way of... Uh, you know, look, there, there's been plenty of stuff that I think we talked about that led into the decision. And I think it was a... I, you know, Bill said this week, like, oh, we, you know, we would have liked to have him back. Well, I think we've been through all the dynamics of that. There were a lot of things there that, you know, he, you know, he, he looked at his options and made his decision. We weren't as good an option as uh, Tampa. So, I mean, you'd have to ask him about all that, but that's really, it wasn't a question of not wanting him, that's for sure. Yeah, not 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 really. You would have liked to have him back at your price. And I think he had told them a year or two prior, like, I'm not doing this, you know, bargain basement stuff anymore. I need to get paid relative to what I'm worth. Again, I think he probably took a below market deal with Tampa, but, sure. but still way more than the Patriots are going to willing to offer him. So I think they, you know, look, Bill doesn't want to get into retrying this thing again, especially when you look at results. Tom's got a Super Bowl since he left. You're eight and eleven, and you're struggling to find your footing here. So, um, I, look, I, I feel like it was a mutual thing that there was a lot of stuff that led into it. And um, for Tom, it was obviously it's been the right decision. It's it's borne out already. And for Bill, you know, there's the natives are getting a little bit restless here. We'll, we'll see how this plays out the rest of the season. From an X's and O's standpoint, where are the vulnerabilities in this Patriots defense that Tom's really going to try to attack? Well, for starters, I think that they're slow at the linebacker level. Um, you know, Dante Hightower, uh, who, who I thought looked really good in the preseason, at least during the, the summer part of it, has not been Dante Hightower. In fact, had a snap reduction on Sunday, and I don't think it was just to keep him fresh. You know, I think that was like, hey, he's just not playing that well. We got to get him out. Right. Um, so I think there, there, there are all kinds of issues at that part of it. They played a lot more zone against the Saints than I think we're accustomed to seeing. Um, maybe in preparation for this. I, I don't know. I, I Maybe they look at it and say, we don't have the, the horses to match up with them man-to-man. Um, this is where Stefan Gilmore not being available to you uh, is certainly a problem because I think um, they're better. Obviously, they're better when he's on the field. They're also, that's sort of the, the trickle-down effect. Then it's J.C. Jackson's your number two corner, not your number one. John Jones could be married to the slot. Jalen Mills would turn out to be your fourth defensive back. That's a pretty good problem to have if he's your fourth defensive back. Now he's your number two and you're trying to figure this out. So, um, I just, yeah, I just don't think they have the horses right now. And I, and I would say the other thing too, Red, that, that has got to be troubling for, for everybody inside that building. Well, I, I know it's troubling for everyone inside that building. They're not stopping teams in the ground game when they have to, mm. you know, the saints ran the four minute offense and they ran it down their throat with Taysom Hill. They ran right pretty much every play. Yeah. They knew it was coming. They still couldn't stop it. The end of the first game against the dolphins, they had a chance after the Harris fumble to get the ball back. And the dolphins ran it three straight times and got 11 yards in the first down. You knew it was coming. You couldn't stop it. That's what happened last year. And they remade, remade, part of their front seven, a large part of their front seven with that in mind. And to this point, they haven't gotten the results. And, and truly, I feel like the even bigger mismatch will come when the other two units are on the field, when it's the Patriots offense and the Bucks defense, because the Bucks' biggest vulnerability is, is deep down the field passing. And we know that the Patriots have shown that they are not doing that and they're not doing it efficiently this year. And then even if you want to run it, this ain't the team to try to run it on, you know, with Damian Harris against this Bucks defensive line. So like there, there are some real 
like troubling trends ahead of this game, uh, certainly for the Patriots as they try to spoil Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Here's the bigger return question, though, Mike. You've been around Tom as long as he's been in New England, as long as he was in New England with Bill. And now when Tom eventually and ultimately calls it a career, will those two have patched up whatever sore spots they had in their relationship for Tom to retire as a Patriot, do you think? Even if Bill and Tom hold some animosity towards each other, just the way it ended or whatever, whatever those lingering feelings are. Look, I have so much respect and appreciation for Tom and everything he did here and for me and for our team. And, uh, you know, we're just getting ready to compete against Tampa this week, and we're going to keep our focus on that. 20 years of, of being there, you know, obviously he's a great mentor for me. And, um, yes, I, there's definitely great lessons I've learned from him. And, um, you know, he's a great football coach, and, and he's, he does a great job for his team. I think that the Crafts will make sure that that happens. I think he's too important a, a figure in the franchise. Yeah. And look, I think Bill in his heart of hearts knows, obviously, you know, <laughs> we, we, we think there are some thinly veiled shots here and there. But like, look, he understands what Tom meant to, to him, to, to New England, to, to his career, to the success that they've had. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is considered the greatest coach of all time. Does he do it without Tom? You can't. I, I, you can't separate the two. They did it together. Right. And I think that's just got to be, you know, hopefully they find a way to, to, to come to a better place with each other. And, you know, I think we'd all like to see that just having been around it for so long to, to understand the magic of it. Cause it yeah. really was for, for two decades. It was magical. And it, it becomes more complicated the longer Tom continues to play and the more Super Bowls he continues to win. But we'll get, we'll we'll let that unfold as it does. And and then, you know, lastly, because that debate that that we've we've kind of brushed up against here for the last few minutes um has been one for the last few years that people have pondered. Is it Belichick or is it Brady? You said you can't separate them. Does this game mean anything towards that debate at all? I certainly think people will put it to the debate for sure as if, you know, and look again, if you're, if the fear of the Patriot fan right now is that they're going to get smoked on Sunday and those people that didn't want Tom to be gone and not, you know, like you should have picked Tom over Bill or someone right. should have just told Bill tough crap. We're doing this. Um, then that is going to be. Yeah, they're going to hold that up forever. He, you know, he came into your building. You had, you know, months and months and months to get ready for this. And you couldn't, you still couldn't beat this 44 year old quarterback who you thought, you know, wasn't worthy of getting another contract. So I think that's absolutely what's going to happen. I mean, look, there's a billboard on Route One that was put up by a sports radio caller that said the, uh, I'm going to see if I quote it. The owl just isn't as smart without the goat or something like that. It's, so, and the owl being, Belichick and the goat, of course, right. being Brady. And then underneath it is the record of Bill Belichick without Tom Brady oh. both before and after. That's so, good. I mean, look, you know, sports radio people can be nuts. We know this, especially in this city. But I think there is a strong um, faction of people that really feel like they, they screwed up and that we should never be in this spot. We shouldn't have to be cheering for Tom Brady on another team. And then uh, just lastly, the reaction from Patriots players so far this week, Patriots coaches so far this week towards the return of Brady has been tempered, mild. What, what, what have you seen? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the Patriots are smart. They trotted out Matt Slater on Monday. Like, Slater has got the big picture all covered. You know, he played with Tom for 12 years. They're friends. And he's a nice little missive about Tom and said, you know, I'm not surprised. He's the greatest quarterback, the greatest football player ever. Um, But then, like, shut it down. And Devin McCourty was asked about in the postgame on Sunday, and he shut it down. Like, we're not good enough to be – talking about Tom Brady. We need to be looking at ourselves and trying to figure out how we get back on track because we're not playing good football. And they realize if we don't play good football on Sunday, it could be embarrassing. And there's a lot of pride in that room, but there's also a lot of new faces. So this is a, it's a big gut check moment for them. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they respond to it because as, as uh, Slater said, we know the noise is out there yeah. and we tell the guys to ignore the noise, but, it's going to be hard to because there's just so much of it this week. And Brady and the Bucks coming off their first loss of the season. Angry Brady. <laughs> Angry, baby. All right. Mike Giardi getting us set for the matchup of the century. Thanks very much, Mike. Thanks, guy. Still to come on this episode of NFL Inside Report. Devin bravely like let us go with him to the cemetery where his brother's buried. You know, not a lot of guys are going to do that. Inside one of the most powerful moments of the Wild Horses feature on NFL 360, detailing Bucks linebacker Devin White's journey from family tragedy to Super Bowl championship. Next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wild Horses, a powerful feature on this week's edition of NFL 360, takes us inside the heartache and inspiration that helped forge a champion in Bucks linebacker Devin White. 
Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times has been following White's story since the Bucks drafted him fifth overall in 2019. And so too is Trent Cooper, who was drawn to White's incredible journey and produced the feature for NFL 360, and both join us now. Trent, let's start with how you first became aware of Devin more than the football player, right? Devin's background and his story. Where did you first become aware? Well, I, I read an article uh, written by, by Rick Stroud, uh, who, who is also on our, our pod today. <laughs> uh, but I, I read this, this article that, that he had written that came out uh, right after Devin was drafted by the Bucks two years ago or in, in, in 2019. And I was pretty blown away by it. It's an amazing story. It's a it's it's something that we knew. This this really felt like an NFL 360 story. I just didn't at the time. Yeah. It felt like it wasn't complete yet. And so we sort of filed it away and thought, hey, keep an eye on this. At some point, something's going to happen that kind of takes this story to the next level. And we kind of put it uh, in in that in that folder in the back of our brain. Uh, but yeah, it was reading Rick's article. And and then Rick, when did you first learn and how of Devin's you know story of heartbreak and triumph and and what eventually led him to being number five overall selection by the Bucks in 2019? Getting selected was the easy part. He was an outstanding player, and uh, for months they had him slotted there uh, because of the guys that went ahead of him. It was it was obvious they were going to take him at number five. Um, what it really was is just sort of a draft day story, right? He gets drafted. We have a chance to really sit down and talk with him. And it was pretty obvious early on. He said to us that, you know, the Bucks was his, his brother's favorite team. JJ was diehard Tampa Bay. And it was just unbelievable for Devin to be drafted to his brother's favorite team. This is a guy from a little country town in Cotton Valley, Louisiana. Not necessarily a, a bastion of Bucks followers up there. So um, that caught our attention. And then, of course, you know, we, we got to talking about the picture of his brother that he brought to the draft. And, and really, as you saw in, in, in Trent's, uh, Trent's film, it, it, it just, uh, you know, what I didn't know and what I learned, um, because we didn't have the whole story, obviously, is just how much his brother and their goals and their dreams is, is alive in him. I mean, we always talked about it, man. He knew that I really wanted to take football serious. He was like, man, you're a beast. You know, whatever you do, you're going to make it. You know, like, you're going to go to LSU one day. He believed in me before we even knew that all this could be possible because if you date back, we just some country boys, you know, just playing ball, doing what we love to do. I mean, we see this unbridled passion that he has for playing football uh, in this joy and this energy. Um, but I think what, what Trent's story does is, is kind of bring it together, makes it full circle. And we didn't have, you know, uh, we, we had no way of knowing he would end up in a Super Bowl with, uh, with confetti on his head at the time. But yeah. really, that My was goodness. really a poignant moment uh, when, you, when you go back and remember how this story began. No question. And I love the line in Devin's first person piece for uh, NFL.com when he's talking about when he prays before the game, um, you know, he's asking for JJ to play through him, which I thought was really, really powerful. And and Trent, you know, we love learning more about the stars of the league. And that's what you guys have done uh, on NFL 360 in a phenomenal way. And with Devin, you know, when you watch him, you know, on the field, off the, he is an energy giver. So in, in what you learned about 
Devin's family. How did JJ, his brother, inspire that piece of Devin's personality? Yeah, I mean, first, I'll just say we love learning about these stories also. Cause, cause you know, we're fans too. And, right. and I, I love the way this guy plays and, and he's, he's, his impact on the field is unbelievable. Just didn't know much about him. And when, when we start to dig and we start to learn, uh, we start to find these, this story that really gives a whole new context to him. So to answer your question, um, his older brother who was seven years older than him and it's his stepbrother, you know, it's a blended family that came together. Uh, there were there were certain things that that he gave to Devin. Uh, one of them is 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 you know love of speed, right? So so, <laughs> so you know you think of Devin White, he's the fastest linebacker, one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. Well, his 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 brother was the fastest kid anybody had ever seen from that region, and Devin uh, grew up watching that him train and watching him 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 sprint and fell in love with that aspect of, of athleticism and, and began to train his own way to be fast. Watching Jay do certain things and inspire him to do certain things. Growing up, he was just always a fast guy. We didn't even have a track in Con Valley and he won a state championship in track. And I just want to be that person as well. The other thing I think that is amazing is that JJ had a charisma. Yes. Uh, he, he had that same smile that that Devin has and JJ had a way of and people will describe this and tell us that JJ had a way he'd walk into a room and light it up and he would make everyone feel the love and the passion. And, and, you know, here's this little, little brother, seven years younger. And what is he known for now as an adult, the same passion and, yes. and love yes. and energy. And so, so we know that that came directly uh, from JJ. So Rick, I, I am from, Louisiana. I'm from New Orleans and I will be 100% honest, had no idea where Cotton Valley was, where Cotton Valley, Louisiana was. Now, no, it's, you know, just northeast of, of Shreveport. Um, and so I, one of the great l- lines I felt like in, in one of your pieces was there's no easy way to get to Cotton Valley. And to be honest, there's no easy way to get out. What did you learn about some of the influences, some of the influential people? in addition to JJ in Devin's life that allowed him to become this player that he is today and this person that he is today? Well, I mean, I think you start with his family, right? But he has a mentor and, and he's very much tied in that story, as you saw uh, in the piece, is that, you know, Sean Houston was a guy that early on coached his football team, um, certainly knew his brother. I mean, Devin uh, was mature well beyond his years and, and uh, they knew this guy needed to get involved in, in sports. Um, saw him playing basketball and, and and said, you need to be a football player. So, so I think that, you know, that, that was part of it. And it is hard to get out of Cotton Valley. It's hard for people to come see you. And, and Sean Houston was a guy that I think at 14 years old, took him to an LSU camp and he ran like a four, four, five or something. And, and Les Miles offered him a scholarship. Right. Uh, so uh, it's, it's quite an achievement. At 14. At 14. Yeah. It's, it's quite wow. an achievement to come from, where he's been. I mean, you saw Trent, um, I mean, the, the cinematography and this is, a, was amazing, but you see the trailer that, that he grew up in and, and shared, um, you know, shared a room with his, with his brother. I would say one other thing too, because when the Bucks were scouting him, the Bucks have done a much better job, obviously over the last few years um, for Devin White, you know, to go to LSU, it wasn't enough just to stay eligible. And this is one of the character things that you learn about him is that 
he made over a three, I think a 3.0, um, close to a three, five, I think in college Mm -hmm. guys don't do that unless it's important to them, unless they want to achieve. Right. Um, cause he could have been eligible with a lot less class work or, or grades. And so I think, you know, anything he attempts, um, from, you know, grooming his horses to whatever it is, he, he does full out at a hundred percent. And, and it's just, it's just sort of his, his makeup. And I'm sure his brother was a big part of that. And Trent, I mean, you guys beautifully captured so much of Devin's life in this piece, but his love for horses in this, in this NFL 360 piece called wild horses. And how did you see, and how did you learn of Devin White's love for horses kind of transform from what was a hobby, not just for him, but for many in this area of the state into this source of peace for him in the years following JJ's death, Trent? Well, I, I think the first thing we learned is, is the culture of Cotton Valley, right? So, you know, Devin says in the piece that, you know, in, in some, most towns, people are, are teaching the youngins how to ride a bike. We're teaching them how to ride a horse. <laughs> Uh, there's an, there's another great story from Sean Houston who said when he first came to Cotton Valley, uh, he had come from, from Shreveport, which, you know, is the city right. in there. Yeah. And he, he said, I would go to watch these kids play basketball and you would see like the pickup basketball scene. All their horses would be tied to the goalposts. <laughs> there weren't bikes. They were just horses tied. Um, so I, it, it's absolutely part of the culture, but it was something he fell in love with really early. Yeah. It was his first passion. And I remember, uh, George Shaw, who, who's in the piece and was his, his kind of his horse mentor and the horse trainer. Right. Uh, when they first started to expose Devin to football, he, he resisted at first. Cause he said, I, I can't play football. I'll miss the trail rides on, on the weekends. And I can't, I'm not missing that. And they all kind of looked at each other and said, okay, this kid can, this kid's going to be a really good football player. <laughs> we got to figure this how, out. Right. How about I find a way to get you a ride from the trail ride to the, but, uh, so the love is real to him. And, and, if, you know, when his brother was tragically killed in this car accident, um, Devin, the first thing Devin did is, is, is he didn't cry. <laughs> right. And he wouldn't let that. himself yeah. cry. Yeah. He wouldn't let himself cry because he, you know, felt he needed to be strong for his little sisters. Now, um, you know, that's noble and, and seems like a nice thing, but man, this isn't, this is unbearable grief that this 13 year old is dealing with. And he, and he probably needed to cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's no therapist around to tell him that. And, and so he goes to the place that, that he loves that brings him peace. And he, he kind of dives hard and deep into the, into the horse world and, and, he describes in the piece that that's a place where, you know, you can kind of turn your brain off and, and all those dark, tragic thoughts, you know, can kind of fade away and you can just focus on the horse and being with the horse and, and that, that spiritual connection. When I was around him, I was always in a good state of mind. You know, I did a lot less thinking. My focus was always on the horse. Either you ride, you getting them together. You're cleaning the stall. You know, you're doing something productive where your mind can't be all over the place. And I think that helped me a lot, you know, because it didn't give me time to go into a dark moment. It, it is incredibly mature 
to think that this 13-year-old knew to go to that place and knew what it meant to him and what would ultimately do to him, do for him. And I think that that's a part of our piece we're very proud of because, you know, mental health is something that we're all starting to pay more attention to and talk more about. And, you know, not all of us have the horse thing, but maybe we have something else. Maybe it's surfing, maybe it's yeah. meditation, maybe it's, it's taking walks. Uh, for him, it was horses. And Rick, we we heard George Shaw in the piece uh, talk about how it was just it was meant to be that Devin White was drafted by the Tampa Bay Bucks, who turned out to be JJ's you know favorite t- NFL team when he was growing up um, in Cotton Valley, and then the fact that Devin got to ride around Raymond James Stadium, where uh, you know a couple of days earlier had just won Super Bowl Fifty Five with the Lombardi trophy on the horse. I mean, meant to be is, is really the only thing that comes to mind. Um, how do people like kind of view those visuals and those, that imagery of him riding around Raymond James stadium there in Tampa? Well, I, I think it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've covered a lot of Super Bowls. I've been around a while. What was interesting in talking to Devin, you know, they had the famous boat parade, right? right. Uh, Tom Brady tossing the, the Lombardi trophy across the Hillsborough river and the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, vodka and the whole, or tequila and the whole thing. Right. Um, but uh, for Devin white, he told me, he said, look, he goes, I-, I love the boat parade. The boat parade was a lot of fun. He goes, but that was really for them other guys. I'm not a drinker. I'm not, he goes, I love seeing our fans. I, that was yeah. it for me. Cause you know, they'd gone through an entire season during a the pandemic. They didn't see fans. He says, but for me, it was about getting on my horse. And so he went first to general manager, Jason Light, and told him about the idea. And Jason said, sure, let's let's make it happen. Went to Brian Ford, their C- COO. And they moved they moved uh, a few trailers and, and, a, and a few you know people from the TSA that had to unlock some doors. But when that boat parade was over, and it was exhausting. He got that horse to Raymond James and he got on her and he, he rode with that Lombardi trophy. And I asked him, I said, would you now if you win again, you know, you're going to have to ship that horse out to SoFi Stadium. And he goes, nope, that's it. For me, that was a one and done. I never <laughs> top it. I don't want to do it again. He said, but but it was absolutely the coolest thing ever. And Trent, finally, you know, like seeing that really come full circle, this story, how did winning the Super Bowl and and seeing, you know, that image of of Devin White riding around Raymond James Stadium forge the you know, the momentum to really go dig in and let's get this story told now. Well, listen, I, I, I think we look for stories to, to have great third acts. Yeah. You know, there's so many stories uh, and there's so many, you know, screenplays floating around Hollywood and, and, and stories floating around our brains as, as storytellers that are almost great. And then when you see that third act, you know, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> you go and you fight for it. And, and, you know, we have a, uh, kind of a saying at NFL 360, every single thing we do has to be a passion project it has to be somebody's passion project where it's not getting made. And, and this was, this one was mine. I'll admit it. Um, and I wasn't going to let it go. And we were going to fight until we figured out how to get this done. And, and the first thing that has to happen is Devin has to agree to do it. Sure. Um, and not only do it, but give us, let us in, let us into his heart and his, and his world and give us access. And a lot of guys don't do that. And, uh, he, he was, he was willing. And I, I learned later why, 
and and I think you know Rick had mentioned the the photo of his brother at the draft that he had in the green room. So powerful. He actually pulled out Jay's graduation picture and set it on the table um, where they had the phone. Nobody had any idea that he had this picture with them. And uh, we were sort of in between parts of the shoot. And I, I can't remember why we got on the subject, but I, I told him how much, you know, the, how, how much that resonated with me, you know? Yeah. And he, he said, he said, nobody really understood why I was doing that. And I, I figured if I put that picture right out there, right next to me where those cameras could see it, that someday someone would ask me, why'd you do that? And I would get to tell them about my brother. So we felt that this was our, yeah, this was our way of telling the world about his brother. And, and so again, full circle. And I feel like whether you're writing a piece or you're producing a feature or a film, while you love the finished product, there are always those moments within that piece, within that feature that you hold near and dear to your heart. Trent, what was one of those moments in this feature for you with Devin White's story? Some of the visuals, you know, we... If you've ever watched our show, you know, it's, it's sort of known for cinematography. I mean, we, we, we want to be the best in the world at that. Yeah. And not just, not just creating pretty pictures, but creating, but, but visual storytelling, creating context and story and making uh, a picture uh, elicit an emotion, make you feel things. Um, well, as hard as we plan and as hard as we try, we can't control a lot of it. We can't control locations, whether there's just certain things we can't control. And uh, when you watch this piece, you'll see that Devin in a very, you know, very bravely, like, let us go with him to the cemetery where his brother's buried. You know, not a lot of guys are going to do that. I mean, it's a very private. Right. It's a very private experience. And there's there's, you know, a level of trust there. And, and uh, you know, we needed to stay out of his way while he had that moment with his brother. So part of filmmaking is knowing like when to back off yeah. and let stuff happen. Well, of course, he's having this moment. I didn't know what he was going to do. And the first thing he did um, was he just sat there quietly for 10 minutes. And we are rolling. And I'm thinking, is he going to go an hour? Are we going to run out of film? I don't know what's going to happen. And then he starts to talk. And I can hear what he's saying on my headsets. And I'm crying because it's so emotional. I know you got me. And I got you. And this journey is far from over. We're going to keep it going. Keep your name alive. Just want to say I love you, man. Thank you. You know, he gets up to leave and the sun just kind of shoots through the clouds and just lights up the cemetery. And it had been really cloudy and rainy. And it's just like his brother. You know, it's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. So that so that's the moment that kind of sits with me. You know, it started with the picture at the draft and it kind of ends with that picture in my head. That's beautiful. Uh, beautifully done uh, by by everyone involved. Uh, certainly appreciate uh, you, Rick, for your work in, uh, in 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 learning about Devin's background and Trent and your work in in bringing it to us visually. Um, beautifully done, both of you. Thank you so much for being with us. If you haven't seen the NFL 360 feature Wild Horses yet, I invite you to go check it out. All over NFL platforms on social media, uh, including the NFL's Facebook page and. NFL.com. Terrifically powerful and moving feature. And we thank Devin White for allowing all of us to tell his story. NFL Inside Report. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Inside Report. Coming up on Friday's episode, another look at this Bucks patriots matchup that features Tom Brady's return to New England for the first time since signing with the Bucks in 2020. We'll also look ahead to your week four Sunday. For producer Thomas Warren and Tim Porochka, I'm Rhett Lewis. We'll see you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.